talking about tonight? Say what? There you go. Where do we go from here? And that's how, as I was praying about, you know, sharing tonight, uh, I believe the Lord gave me four or five uh, things to share with you tonight. Simple things, but yet very, very important things. So point number one, where do we go from here? Now, you know, Jesus, he told his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Is that not right? There's another side that God wants this church to see. There's another side that God wants this church to experience. God takes us from glory to glory. He doesn't want us, you know, uh, resting on our laurels and, and, and building a monument at 25 years. He wants to take us further. He wants to do more for us. Isn't that right? Come on. There you go. Now I feel better. feel more like home, all right? Because I do consider this church family my home. Amen. But point number one, let's get right into it. Where do we go from here? I need you to commit to divine order. I want you to fight for divine order. I want you to fight for structure. Two or three months ago, I had two dreams. I had one dream. Two or three weeks later, I had the second dream. They were both of the same nature. And the first dream I had, it was like Pastor Logan. Everywhere I went at victory, things were in disarray and confusion, out of order. And I awakened, and that's kind of, Pastor Curl, I just kind of like, okay. I left it alone. Two weeks later, I had the same dream. Everywhere I went, disarray, things out of order. Confusion. I said, okay, Lord, I got it. Because in the Bible, when you interpret dreams, you see that when there are two dreams of the same nature, God is validating what he wants you to see, know, or understand might be coming. And so I got my spiritual antennas up, Pastor Massey. And as I began to go around victory in different areas, I would run into the dream. In some way or another, it didn't matter what department almost, it was like out of order, disarray. And I had to correct people. I call them into my office and say, this is not how we do things here. Where did you get that from? I call a person, and I can't name the different departments, but, but I called a person over this department, over another department. I pulled them in the same room together. I said, I don't understand this. What gives you the right? When did you get the liberty to make those kinds of decisions? 
since when, and I forget how long you've been here, but in all these years you've been here, when have you seen any glimpse of your behavior? He apologized. I accepted that apology, of course. I said, never again. And then another person in my department that has to do with a lot of big things and areas submitted an invoice for thousands of dollars to my account payable person. She called me in and said, Pastor, I want to know, is, is this approved? I said, what? What? This did not come across my desk first? This amount of money? Then I remembered the dream. I called him in, Pastor. Since when you submit an invoice this large without my stamp of approval on it? Yes, you have parameters, but this is beyond your parameters. He apologized. I accepted his apology. I said, never again. I had a pastor friend. Not in North Carolina, in fact, not even in this country. He called me wanting some advice. He says, Pastor, he says, I just need your counsel. He says, I got a youth pastor that I put in place for a number of years. He said, and then I just found out recently he's not adhering to policy and procedures and protocol that I put in place. And then I called him in, and I come to find out that he said this to me. I don't like the title youth pastor. And so I don't let people call me youth pastor. But yet the pastor made him youth pastor. And would get in the pulpit and say, our youth pastor, so-and-so. But then with the youth, don't call me youth pastor. I'm not a youth pastor. I'm not your youth pastor. He said to the pastor, I am a motivational speaker. <laughs> and not only that, he said, the pastor saying this to me now. He says, my youth pastor have, has run off, he's run off several key young people that I personally one to the Lord from the streets that has been with me for years and this guy has run them off, run them off. And then this youth pastor said to the senior pastor, and another thing, I have changed almost everything you established in the youth department. Now this senior pastor is asking me what should he do? What a dumb question. <laughs> What a dumb question. Now, I didn't say that to him now. But in my mind, you're calling me to ask me what should you do? What should he do, church? Get rid of him. Get rid of him. Totally out of order. But it reminded me of my dream. See, that phone call came after the dream. And then another pastor, God's my witness, another pastor called me. And said, my board is trying to get rid of me. He says, and we're a congregational church. 
And they have behind the scenes met together. And they sent me a letter asking for, for my resignation and on and on and on and on. He says, and Pastor, what should I do? This is total, totally out of order. It, we're a congregational church. We have to bring things to our congregation and allow them to vote on it. He gave me a time frame for certain important meetings that was, were coming up relative to it. And I text him four or five, maybe six different things that he has to do to, and has to present and stand upon in the name of Jesus. This morning was the final meeting. He called me last night, pray for me. Tomorrow's the big day. He says, I want you to know I have two key people throughout the, the leadership in the denomination. It's a denomination. Two key people coming. They're not going to be in their own pulpit in the morning, Pastor Gould. They're going to come with me, and they're going to stand there, and they're going to pull out the robber's rule of order. They're going to talk about protocol, what the system is like within our church, and they're going to put some things together and, I, and say some things, and then I'll have a, a voice. He called me around 2.30 this afternoon. Pastor, I won. 90% of the church, they took a vote, and 90% of the church said, we don't want you to go. We don't know why the board did this. And the board had to feel this small, and the, and the congregation came against that board, but I thought about my dream. Entire board out of order. And then a third pastor called me after my dream. Another church wanting my advice on some things. And I said, I'd like to meet with this pastor and his wife because they're trying to, the, the pastor is getting ready to leave the ministry, retire. And, uh, and he and his wife was pulling in a family member to be the successor without the board being able to determine and vote on the successor. I said, I'd like to meet with the pastor and his wife. And so they came and we met. Now, I know I didn't say the wife. Please forgive me. I want to meet with the pastor and I want to meet with another uh, prominent person in that church. And, and, and they came. And, but the wife came with the pastor. Came out. I saw the wife there. I said, oh, God. I did not invite you. In my head, I, I did not invite you. You guys come on back. She got up and came on back, and they sat there. And, and, and I said, now listen, this is what I'm hearing. They began to tell me the whole story and confirm and validate and verify some things. And, uh, and the wife was doing all of the talking. I just couldn't take it. I said, you weren't even invited to this meeting. What did you come for anyway? I just wanted to speak to these two gentlemen about the situation. Did you come to protect your husband or something? You think we we're going to jump on your husband? I didn't want you here in the first place. And then I turned to him. I said, you don't have a voice. You're going to let your wife do all the talking? Aren't you a man? She shut up. Yes, Pastor, I can talk. He want to talk. We talked this thing through. And I said, you, what you guys are planning, it's out of order. She spoke up and said, I don't think so. I said, 
I didn't ask to hear from you. You weren't even supposed to be here. I said it's out of order. Well, I just think this family member, he can make a better pastor than... Anyway, I, uh, I told him a whole lot of different things. And I said, listen, the board has to vote. This is what they told me, Pastor Matt. She, she spoke up. I don't think the board has to vote. Then the prominent guy said, the board does have to vote. Don't you make me get on your case. I'm just giving you the story. It's another denominational church. It's different than the second one. Long story short, they presented the person that I knew in my spirit should be the pastor and the family member that they wanted to be pastor. And the board voted for the one that's in my spirit. The church is so excited, elated, jubilant, because they did not miss God. And the pastor and his wife were out of order. And it reminded me of my dream. What am I saying? I called a meeting, Pastor Logan, with my, all of my leadership a month ago. I shared the dream, and I told them, every one of you, look at your area and get everything back in order. One gentleman said, Pastor, you're talking straight to me. I'm looking at my department right now in my mind, and I can see where I let things slip. Say, let things slip. So I can see where I let things slip. I got to pull it in. I let it slip. And then another person, leader in the church, pastor, forgive me. I've been wrong. I've allowed things to go on that you would not allow. Forgive me. Where do you go from here? Everybody tighten it up. First step, tighten it up. Don't assume that you got it all together. Tighten it up. Are you still governing by the policies that this man of God has set in place? Are you still governing yourself by the procedures that this man of God has set in place? Or have you, because you've been in that position so long, you feel like you have some lateral movement? You feel like you have the, 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 the leeway, you know, you have permission, unwritten permission just to go ahead and expand in certain areas and make certain decisions. Tighten it up. Let's look at a scripture. First Timothy. So our first point is maintaining order. I said divine order because it came through this man of God. The order that has set up has come through this man of God. So it's divine order. It's maintaining order. You can't run the church. You cannot run your area. You run under his leadership. Come on, say amen to me. 1 Timothy chapter 3. You know, it's almost like the spirit of this world, Pastor Logan. Everything's out of order in our government, in the political landscape of our world. 
What they're doing against Trump is out of order. How they're handling this impeachment inquiry is out of order. Impeach him if you want to, but do it right. Do it according to the Constitution. Do it legally. Do it properly. Do it according to what has been set up by presidents. And that spirit is creeping into the church. I just gave you four examples in victory and three other churches. Tighten it up. Get it right. Where do you go? You celebrate the 25th year. But listen, we can't do much if we're out of order. There's not too much more. We can't go too much farther without being in order. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, it says, these things I write to you. This is Paul writing to his son in the gospel. Is that correct? Is that correct? You know that, right? These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. So Paul says, I'm writing this to you, uh, Timothy, though I hope to get to you pretty soon. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Paul is saying, hey, son, there's a way you conduct yourself in church. There's a way things are to be done in church. Paul said to the church of Corinth, let all things be done decently and in order. Paul said in that same, to that same church that God is not the author of confusion. And in my dream, God said, there's some confusion going on at victory. And I had to pull it together. And then here come these three other pastors, confusion going on in their church. That let me know, it's not just, it wasn't just for victory. God was showing me a spirit that's attacking local churches all over the world. Because one of those pastors were international. It wasn't just local victory. And right after that dream, three other pastors calling me about disarray, disorder, things out of line, confusion, not being done the way it's supposed to be done. I did not say you don't love your pastor. I'm saying this because you love him. Get it right. Get it back in order. You don't run it. You're just stewarding under his leadership. Come on, talk to me tonight. We're giving you what the Lord is having me to share with you. Secondly, where do you go from here? Protect what you have. Protect what you have. Now, I'm going to tell you this. You're going to have to fight to protect what you have. There's a spirit of division in the church, in the world. There's compromise in churches all over the world. There is carnality in churches. 
But you have a man of God that has taught you righteousness, holiness, sanctification, consecration. And that spirit prevails in the church, but you got to protect it. You got to protect it. You got to fight to protect it. 25 years he's sown and he's sown and he's sown. And the devil wants to come in and destroy it unless you commit to protecting it. Say amen, somebody. Amen. And so let's look at something here. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Paul talks about wolves and sheep clothing and all this kind of stuff. Isn't that right? 1 Corinthians 16, 13th verse. New King James, James says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Amplified Bible says this, be alert. Tell your neighbor, be alert. Be alert. Be alert. Be alert. And on your guard, on your guard, you're writing to the church. The church has to be alert. The church has to be on guard. Yeah, because the devil would love to come in with another doctrine coming in an undercurrent. Different lifestyles coming in here. I'm not talking about homosexuality either. Just different lifestyles where people think it's okay to drink and dance and do all that kind of stuff. And your pastors, pastors are already taught, come out from among them and be separate. Come on, talk to me. I know this man of God. And touch not the unclean thing. Then I will receive you and I will be a father to you and you'll be my sons and you'll be my daughters, saith the Lord. But he says you come out from among them. Be alert. Be on guard to protect what you have. Do you even know what you have? But you got to protect it. Be alert and be on guard. Be on your guard. Stand firm in your faith, your conviction, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. Keeping the trust and holy fervor born of faith and a part of it. Act like men and be courageous. Grow in strength. But notice, be alert, be on guard. Stand firm in your faith, your conviction. Keeping the trust and holy fervor born of faith and a part of it. So we want to, let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Protect what you have. I tell people that victory every so often. We got all these doors in this auditorium. Hit one if you need to. Because I'm not changing anything I'm teaching, anything I'm preaching. I'm not changing my standards. And listen, some people, they'll go as far as they can they'll tr to the edge trying to push, push the envelope to see if the pastor's looking, if the leader's looking, and if they can get by with it, then there you go. There's a, new, uh, there's a new policy. There's a new standard. And then when the pastor points it out, says, look, that's not what we do. Well, what's wrong? I've been doing this now for six months. I've been doing it now for three months. 
and, 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 and the head of the department didn't have any problems with it. What's, Pastor, what's wrong? That's why the first point. Tighten it up. Tighten it up. I've had people leave the church because I, I'm not going to budge. I'm not budging. I've set a standard. I've set a standard. This is the way it's going to be here. If you don't want it here, go somewhere else where you can have it the way you want it. Hello? But we're going to protect what we have here. In Jesus' name. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. You're with me, right? God, God has given this man a mantle. He's given him an anointing. He's given him a, a perspective of the word of God that God wanted him to deposit in this church and in this area. And he cannot, and you cannot allow anybody to come in here and cause anything to change. Protect what you have. Guard what you have. Don't let anybody say, well, you know, so-and-so, uh, uh, is he teaches us di differently. Well, well, we're not at so-and-so. And we're not going to so-and-so. Amen, somebody. Come on, talk to me. The other Sunday, it has nothing, it kind of has nothing to do with my point, but it just kind of hit me just now. The other Sunday I was teaching, and a gentleman, I saw him earlier in my spirit. You know, let's just act like this is where I'm teaching from at, at, uh, at Victory. And I, and I looked over there and I saw him in my spirit about right there. And something went off on the inside and I just went on and kept teaching. About 15 minutes later, he's standing up and ranting and raving and da-da-da-da-da. And, and so my ushers and security got there and, and I said, get him on out of here. Right? So they called the police because he's outside, you know, this church, da 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 da, and Pastor Gould, da 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 da, he's just screaming, top of his lungs, et da da da. So the policeman came, listen to me now, the policeman came, and he calming the guy down, trying to defuse the situation, and, and, and he got, he got, says, now, why are you, why are you talking like this? Well, this church, da da da, and that Pastor Gould, he da 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 da. And, and the policeman said to him, Pastor Logan, well, why are you here? Why do you even come to the church? <laughs> This is what the lunatic said. I know you didn't like the word lunatic, but this is what the guy said. He said, this is where you come to get the word. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's what he told the police officer. He said, this is the only place. He didn't say only, but this is where you can come and get the word. But let me say, this is what it has to do with my point here. I'm not going to stop teaching the word. I'm not going to stop teaching it to cause the church to grow. I'm not going to compromise and say you can live any way you want to and listen to it. You know, this morning, and this morning at the end of the service, well, this morning the Spirit of God went a different way, and I called all the people that grew up in my church, you know, and I, 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 we laid our hands on them, empowering them and releasing them to whatever God has in their life, and then I had them pray for members of the church, and they just prayed for people, and I got reports of healings, et cetera, from, 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 from this generation that were raised in the church, but, but this is what I want to say. I said to them, I said, you grew up in this word. You grew up. 
knowing this word, knowing what we teach, knowing what we believe. And I said, you just, God, you have to walk this out now, and you can't, you can't compromise with it. I, I told Pastor, I, I used the scripture in Job, acquaint yourself with God. Uh, acquaint yourself with God. You, you, you got to do that. Because we can't deviate from anything. This is who we are. And we got to protect who we are and walk out who we are. Regardless of anybody doing anything else. One member of my church that grew up in the church, she said this, Pastor. She said, she said uh, I tell you why I'm still at victory. She's 27 years old, grew up in the church as a child. I'm still at victory because victory is not catering to the trends. It's not moving, you know, with the, with the smoke. And with secular music, you know, some Christian churches play secular music and they dance in their churches to secular songs. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hey, come to church anywhere you want to come to church. It doesn't matter what you look like. I'm talking about on a Sunday morning, not caring what you look like. I ain't trying to hurt anybody's feelings, y'all. He invited me. <laughs> He knew what he was getting when he invited me. But on a Sunday morning, looking like we're going to the park. I teach on that in my church. You better clean that up. You know why? Because if you were invited to the White House, you wouldn't look like you look now. I even see you when you go to proms. You don't look like you look now. But why are you going to disrespect the house of God? Protect what you have. First Timothy chapter 4. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will do what? Depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils. It goes on to say a lot of other things, but I'm telling you this right now. There's a lot of doctrines of devils in churches today. Coming from the pulpit, doctrines of devils. You don't have to tithe anymore. You can live anywhere you want because it's grace. God just forgive you. You don't even have to ask forgiveness, etc. Thank God for the Pastor Logan teaching the truth. Give him a hand, everybody. We just, just give him a hand. You got to protect. Where do we go from here? Protect what you have. Titus 2.13, one of my favorite scriptures. Titus 2.13. Just look at this wonderful verse of scripture. In Titus 2, verse 13. It says, in fact, we'll look at verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. See, I'm, I'm dealing with this because we got to protect what we have. Protect what we have. I, have a, I had a young man leave our church, Pastor Logan, and he started a church. And he's over there teaching this, this cheap grace stuff. I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad he's out. 
Don't pollute and contaminate the church. Don't, don't, don't contaminate victory. Get out of here. He must not have ever seen this verse. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And what does that grace do? It teaches us. What does it teach? It teaches us to deny what? Ungodliness and what else? Worldly love. What does grace teach you to do? Deny ungodliness and worldliness and to do what? And to live how? Soberly and righteously and how? Godly in this present age. That's what this man teaches. He's been pouring it into this ministry in this area for uh, 25 years. Don't let this world's culture come in and pollute it and contaminate it. Be ye therefore holy even as I am holy. That's what God says. You believe in grace? Then let grace teach you to live righteously and godly and soberly in this world. Amen. Amen. Protect what you have. What am I saying? Watch out for a spirit of division. Yeah, you made it 25 years. Now there's a target on your back. Watch out for a spirit of division. A spirit of discord and disunity. You understand that? Turn to your neighbor and say, it won't be me. Say it like you mean it. Amen. I was in South Africa last year, and I, can't, I shared this this morning, last year or the year before, whatever it was. And before I was going to preach that day, I had two M-I-N-I visions, many visions, relative to the church. One was a spirit of witchcraft. Spirit of worldly witchcraft kind of stuff. And the other was a spirit of death, and I saw a casket. And I saw the casket right down the middle aisle in the halfway between the pulpit and the door. I knew what my assignment was to take authority because the pastor hadn't protected. You understand? Right in the middle of my message, I told them about the many vision. And I took authority over those spirits, and I commanded that spirit of death to go. And it was almost like, in God's my witness, it was almost like a supernatural something that just hit the church when I said, Go! You casket, go! Some broke in that church. People start running down to the altar, crying and weeping and repenting. And the pastor got up afterward, his wife, and asked the church to forgive them for not doing what they're supposed to do. Where do we go from here? You protect what you have. Every one of you, get on the wall. Become a watchman. What do you see? What's coming in? What are you hearing? What is it I have to deal with? You understand that? Hello? Get on the wall. Get on the wall. 
Israel, you read in the Bible, they always had watchmen on the walls. They're always looking what's trying to come. Who's coming? Is it a friend? Is it an enemy? You guys got to know that as a church. There's an enemy trying to get in here. 25 years, you're celebrating it. This is the fourth, fifth, whatever event or night to celebrate it. You think the devil's happy? No. But guess what? He can't do anything about it because we got the blood and the name. Come on, talk to me. And notice what Paul said, and we endeavor to keep the unity of the faith. You got to endeavor to keep the unity in this church. You got to fight. It says endeavor. Endeavor means there's effort. I work at it. You're not going to come in here and destroy my church. I got a young man call me last night, Pastor Morgan uh, Logan. Called me last night. 23 or 4 years old. He's a barber. He said, Pastor. Just, first, he texts me, Pastor, I need to talk to you. Sure, sure. Call him about, I don't know, probably five hours later. I called him, call him. I said, yeah. He said, Pastor, let me show you. I'm a barber. And there's a guy came in my chair, had a suit on, and I started cutting his hair. And then he started talking. He started talking about spiritual things. And in my spirit, he was so off. And then I finally asked him, what church does he go to? And he says, he's at a house of prayer. He said, that's what it was. It's going off in my spirit, the way he was talking, the things he was saying. And then, and then I, I didn't really know how to handle it, but I just knew in my spirit it was off. And then I said to this, I, I said this to him, do you know a pastor, Ghoul? He said, yeah. He said, well, he's my pastor. I go to Victory Christian Center. Then he said this. The young man's telling me. He started talking about you. He started talking about what you teach and everything. And he says, pastor, this is what I did. He says, I told him to get out my chair. I wasn't even finished with his hair. Get out my chair. And then I went to my manager and I said, I don't want to finish his hair. He's talking about my pastor. And I'm not going to have anybody in my presence talk about my pastor. His boss said, okay, I understand. And somebody else finished his hair. Protect your church and protect your pastor. Don't let anybody talk about your pastor. You understand that? Your friends and these people from other, you know, churches and denominations and oh, your, your, your co-workers and all this kind of stuff, your employees, if you're an entrepreneur, don't let anybody talk about your church and pastor and stuff. Protect what you have. Amen? Amen. Anyway, that's enough for that. Praise God. Let's go to another point. Number three, this, is, this is, might seem odd, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a possibility. Guard against, guard against getting tired of your pastor. Now, you can sit there and say, that had never happened to me. Well, well, you know what the Bible says about you? Let him that thinketh he stand. Take heed lest he fall. That'll never happen to me. I'll never get tired of Pastor Logan. Let him that thinks he stand. Take heed lest he fall. The Bible says don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. 
Don't think you're above anything. The only way you're above anything is through your relationship with Jesus Christ on a daily basis. The only way is when you walk in the Spirit and you live in the Spirit and you have a spiritual mind instead of a carnal mind to, because to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 25 years he's been some of, your, some of you, your pastor. For some of you, 18 years. For some of you, you know, 12 years, 25 years, that's a long time. You got to guard against getting tired of him. I believe, this is me talking, can't prove it in the Bible. Maybe, maybe not. Probably can. I somewhat believe, put it that way. That some of the murmuring and complaining against Moses was because they got tired of him. 250 leaders say, oh, Moses, who do you think you are? We're tired of taking leadership, your leadership and orders from you. They were tired of it. They were tired of it. Yet, yet, just like Pastor Logan, he blessed them, he guided them, he nurtured them, he prayed for them. He interceded for them. I mean, God used Moses to deliver them just like God used Pastor Logan to deliver many of you and to help many of you and to bless your families, etc. And then they turned around and got tired of the man. Even Aaron and Moses uh, and Miriam. Aaron and Miriam got tired of him. Who do you think you are? We don't like the woman you married. You think God just speaks to you by yourself and da-da-da-da, you only and other. You know the story, right? Now listen, you got to understand something. Hear me clearly. In the book of Acts, chapter 7, Stephen says that Moses, listen to me now, I'm adding a word here, but it says in essence that Moses was pastoring the church in the wilderness. Y'all don't believe me. Turn to Acts chapter 7. In Jesus' name. So he was like a, a pastor. Remember in Hebrews, he says Moses was faithful over his house. He was faithful over his church. He was faithful over the assembly. He was faithful over the ecclesia. In Acts chapter 7, look at verse 37. This is that Moses who said to the children of Israel, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear. This is he who was in the congregation in the wilderness. Congregation? You mean it was considered a congregation? King James, I think, it, it says it does use the word church. Maybe not. Or one, it does use the word church. King James uses the word church. Moses was looked at upon almost like a pastor over the church. The whole Israelites were looked at as an assembly, a church. And after a while, they got tired of their pastor. He's handsome. He's faithful to his wife. Good father. You know, intelligent, articulate. Don't get tired of him. You hear me? Don't get tired of him. 
Because once you start getting tired of him, agitated, disturbed, you're going to start complaining. You're going to start being a problem. And God doesn't want you to be a problem. Say, God doesn't want me to be a problem. You know, Miriam, she, she was such a problem till she turned, God said, you're going to have to be a leper for a little while. Well, isn't that true? Didn't, didn't she become a leper? And I always thought, well, how come nothing happened to Aaron? You ever wonder something like that? They both were complaining against Moses, were they not? Is that right or wrong? And I think probably it's because Miriam was just like that pastor's wife I talked about 30 minutes ago. She was taking the lead. If you study Aaron out, Aaron was a follower. Aaron was pastor. Aaron didn't even have the guts to say, Moses is coming back. No, give me all your earrings. I'll make something. <laughs> Miriam, after they got through the Red Sea, she got the tamarind and all the women, and she led them in a song and a dance. Aaron was probably just going along with Miriam. You got to watch who you're going along with. Amen. Somebody talking against your pastor. Are you following what I'm saying? I want you, as I said, to don't get tired of your pastor. Now, I wrote this statement down. You can write it down. You know it's true. This is the statement. Familiarity breeds disrespect. It breeds disrespect. It breeds a dishonoring of the anointing, and an inability to receive. If you start getting tired of Pastor Logan, you're going to start disrespecting him in some way. You're going to dishonor his anointing. And you will lose your ability to receive from this man. And if that happens, you might as well leave. Unless you can repent, and get it together. What, 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 did, what does Matthew 13, around the 50th verse or so, 55, and Mark chapter 6, when Jesus went into his own hometown, he couldn't do any mighty works there. We know him. We know Mary. We know his brothers. We know his sisters. Where does he get all this wisdom from? Where does he get all this ability? We, ah, we know they were too familiar. That, that's something, Pastor, that, that that's it's a line we have to try to walk. Where there are we're, we're under shepherd for Jesus, the good chief and great shepherd. And, and, and so we got to mingle, but yet well, how do I protect them becoming too familiar? Well, I'm just like a buddy. I'm just like one of the guys. And when I just become one of the guys, it's hard for you to receive from me. It's hard for you to believe that there's really an anointing to cast out a devil and to heal your body. So we have to guard familiarity. We can't just let them over our house all the time. We just can't keep going out with the same people all the time. Members of the church and, all, and the same leaders. And, and after a while, they love you, but subconsciously, 
Man, we, 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 you heard what he said and how he laughed and da-da-da and how he, what he said to his son. And I don't understand why he did that. And, and, and he, he always respects his wife, but he lost it that time, didn't he? Da-da-da. You understand what I'm trying to say? It may not be just like that. But don't get tired of your pastor. Don't, and this might be wrong to say, but don't try to get too close. Because too close can be dangerous. I have guys, because you know we've got midnight all the time, and I have guys sometimes, you know, they say, uh, they catch themselves saying, uh, uh, yeah, man. They say, oh, no, pastor, yeah, pastor. Because it's just talking to the guy, yeah, man. And, oh, no, pastor, I didn't mean to say man, pastor. And then I had to catch myself, maybe I don't need to be at men's night. Maybe I need to step out. See? Because even in a normal conversation, they forget who I am sometimes. Hello? All right, I'm going to move on. But familiarity, it breeds disrespect. It dishonors the anointing eventually. And you won't have the ability to receive from God through that man of God. And then I'll give you two more close. Number four, right? We're talking about where do we go from here? Stay committed or recommitted. Or recommit, I should say. Stay committed or recommit spiritually to the vision. Stay committed or recommit spiritually to the vision. <clears throat> Second Kings chapter 10. We'll make this as brief as we can. You may have been so committed to the vision for the past 10 years and whatever, but the devil's going to challenge you in this area, you know. You've got to recommit or make sure you stay committed to the vision. Say, I will. I will. By the help of the Lord. Say, by the help of the Lord. It's the only way it happens. Remember in the book of Haggai, God said through Haggai, consider your ways. Consider your ways. You, 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 you've forgotten about the house of God. Everything is about you now and what you want and your desires and where you want to go and what you're going to build and all that. Consider your ways. So you can forget about the vision. Here we are. We got the building. We're in the building. Things are happening. And so, okay, everything's fine now. Let me just go over here. No, stay committed. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.